the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Andrea K Show on AM 1170. The Answer is sponsored by Andrea K. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, 5'2", and 107 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea Kay. Good evening and welcome to the second edition of the Monday Night Andrea Kay Show right here on AM 1170, The Answer, KCBQ, 8 to 10 p.m. Pacific time. Got a two-hour block. You know, last week I wasn't really sure how it was going to feel, you know, doing a two-hour block, but it felt really good. And so I'm glad to have this time spot now and hope you're going to join me every Monday night here from 8 to 10 p.m. Pacific. Sharing the hour with me, in addition to you all out there on Facebook and on Twitter at Andrea K Show, sharing the hour with me is none other than DJ Carrot Sticks Todd. DJ Carrot Sticks Todd. Oh, <laughs> that was your cue, baby. Say hi uh, to everybody. A little late on the draw uh, trigger there. All right. Well, in your defense, though, you're not in your normal booth. You're in a different booth. So, hey, it's okay. But also sharing the hour with me is my partner in crime, legal libertarian analyst, Alicia Dern, calling in from St. Louis. Hey there. Hi. Um, oh, that was a quick hello. Hi, she said. <laughs> um, now, you lied to me, Alicia. You lied to me about a month ago because you said you'd be back in San Diego. Uh, I know. I know. And I should be. I should. I, I love San Diego and I really like to come back. Uh, but, uh, you know, things have been keeping me kind of busy in St. Louis. But I'm moving my uh, my office. We're, we're getting a nice, big, fancy office for my law firm uh, at the end of this month, uh, end of September. So I'll definitely be back sometime in a couple of weeks. All right. Well, very good, because it's 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 great having you on the phone, but it's, it's so much more fun having you share the studio with me here. So, hey, thanks for everybody out there joining us. And <clears throat> the big story this morning, you know, that just really rocked everybody's world really was the, the reports about the Dow. I mean, like five minutes after, you know, trading opened, there was a plunge of around a thousand points. And the day ended up being a little bit better, you know, than that. It ended up with, a, I think, a net drop of 588 points to be exact, but it kind of struck me um, that the reaction by so many people, shock, you know, that this was going on, that the ties to the China economy, which is communist, that A, that we would have such a connection to them and that um, the shock that people had that their economy was, you know, if not collapsing, but, you know, on the downward spiral when they're a communist economy. And then I got to thinking about the fact that here we are 10 years after Hurricane Katrina. And to me, when I look at the lessons of Hurricane Katrina, and I put this out there on Facebook because that's where the real genius is out there, you know, our, our friends out there in, in um, on Twitter and Facebook. But I posed the question on the 10th anniversary of Katrina, what are the lessons learned? And I was a little surprised that nobody else really saw the bigger pit- picture connection. I mean, so many people had great comments 
And even I had to laugh. Even my old friend Barnett, Lisa Barnett, she said, oh, lesson learned. Don't leave your home without your Tony Sacheries, you know, which is, you know, our seasoning down there. Although there's some serious tip there to that because you don't want to find yourself eating rations someplace and, and not have any seasoning. But I was struck by the fact that nobody really saw it in the way that I saw it, which is to me the number one lesson that was learned from Katrina was that Marxism fails. Because when I when I looked at what happened down there in New Orleans and in Katrina, to me, there was no greater example to the American people right here at home as to the failures of Marxism than what happened in New Orleans. Because what has been going on in New Orleans for many years is Marxism. It was the Democrats that subjugated an entire race of people into slavery on the plantation. And it was the Democrats who took them off the plantation, supposedly, for their own good and put them into low-cost housing projects, supposedly, for their own good. But really, all they were was really glorified plantations. I mean, they're really, you know, glorified slave quarters, basically. And it was the Democrats who, when they did that, promised them to take care of them, which is what Marxism always tells the people, right, Alicia? We're going to take care of you. You're not going to have to worry about anything. We're going to give you uh, food. We're going to give you shelter. We're going to take care of all of your basic needs. Right. Right. That's what that's what they promise. But the reality is, is when you look at what happened in New Orleans, you saw what you saw outside the Superdome was the failure of Marxism, because what ended up happening is just like everybody who's subjugated and repressed and and put on a plantation, whether it's one from the slave owners back, you know, in the, the old south or whether it's slavery in the form of liberalism and Marxism, what you end up having is people so dependent on the state for every basic need they know. No longer can think for themselves. They're completely under the control of the government. And what you saw was you had a government that failed them. You had a government that sent them to the Superdome with no food and water for days and not even any security. Now, there's many complaints that could be made and many criticisms that could be made against FEMA for their response. But quite frankly, I don't think FEMA, I don't even know why we have a FEMA, Alicia, because we're supposed to be not having a government that's centralized. We're supposed to have states. We are a republic of states. We're supposedly have cities and communities within those states that are supposedly in control of these situations. And in fact, it was the state of Louisiana that did not call in the National Guard. It was the city that sent them to the Superdome, all those poor people from those low-cost housing projects, were sent to the Superdome intentionally with no food and no security. In fact, Nagin said to them beforehand, our evacuation plan is you're going to go to the Superdome and you better bring your own food and water because I'm not going to provide anything for you for three days. And what a lot of people don't know is that he actually, the year before, there was a hurricane coming to New Orleans. And it was Hector. And Hector was supposed to be as bad of a hurricane as Katrina. And Nagin had the same evacuation plan. He was going to send everybody to the dome, and he was and he provided water, and he provided Lucky Dogs, which was our local vendor down there, right? Well, what ended up happening was the people from the projects that ended up in the Superdome complained because they didn't like the Lucky Dogs. I guess, Alicia, they thought, you know, those, you know, of the entitlement mentality used to living off the state. I guess they thought that, you know, they were supposed to be supplied with roast beef po'boys, you know, from, from R&Os. I don't know what they were thinking. So because they complained so much, then Nagin said when Katrina was coming, he was like, oh, you didn't like the Lucky Dogs? Okay, how about you bring your own food to the Superdome? But they didn't listen to him because 
because they're used to being dependent on the state. And that is what the biggest lesson of Katrina is. When you have a government that is in control of every aspect of your life, you lose your own individual freedoms and you lose your own individual will. You lose your own ability to even think for yourselves. And that was what was in play down there at the time. And, you know, then we also had a situation to where afterwards and so many people lost their home. And by the way, for those who don't know me well, don't know that I have family and friends in every neighborhood in that area that suffered. Whether it was down by way of Plaquemines Parish and Morgan City, all the way up through New Orleans, St. Bernard Parish, by way of Slidell, Waveland, Biloxi, every area in that in that entire Gulf Coast region that was affected. I had family that lost homes and the ones who had insurance were able to rebuild and the ones who didn't have insurance like my cousin Louie didn't. And you know what? There's no, it's not the responsibility of the taxpayers to provide you shelter, Alicia. And that was another thing that came about. Another aspect of liberalism is that everybody has the right to have the government provide food, clothing and shelter over their head. So again, the lesson is about personal responsibility and individualism and not to depend on the government. The government should not be in control of every aspect of our lives. And then you've got to look at uh, on top of that. So you've got all these people that were dependent on the government. You've got all these people with an entitlement mindset. And you've got a government run by Democrats who we, we saw the images. We saw parking lots of buses that were flooded. They could have evacuated those people. We know that a- empty Amtrak trains were sent out in New Orleans. There was so much failure that went on with the local government, but of course the media had to play it as though it was all George Bush's fault and blame him. But oh, by the way, there was Democrats that were in jail at the time because President Bush had given more and more and more money to the levees down there, and those people embezzled the money and were sitting in jail at the time of Katrina that when Katrina rolled through. And then on top of that is the fact that growing up down there, everybody knew. We said my entire life growing up that if we ever had anything above a three come up by way, just like Katrina did, that we were toast. We knew it. Anybody living there knew it. The entire lesson of Katrina was about personal responsibility, and it was about the failures of Marxism and government control over people's lives. The Republican Party allowed it to be turned around and be an indictment of President Bush, an indictment of of Brownie, instead of an indictment of what it was. And then it was a failure on the part of the Republican Party, because when you look at the cleanup, you saw the successes going on in Mississippi, because what did Mississippi have? They had a Republican governor and they allowed faith based organizations to come in and do the cleanup. So the Democrats in Louisiana fought that. So this was a failure of Marxism, and it was a failure of the Republican Party who allowed a narrative to be crafted. And even to this day, what what did the Republican Party do after that? They bolstered and gave more money to FEMA, more money to a centralized system that failed the people that were down there. Then on top of it, what you had going on at play is you've got this mindset, Alicia, of liberalism, is that nobody's supposed to suffer any, any adverse consequences. Part of what liberalism and Marxism is about is it's about that nobody um there's not even greater than a safety net we're never supposed to experience any adversity and follow me as i connect the dots here because it kind of also plays into this planned parenthood situation of what's going on there and it's this mindset of the, the liberals need to remove god from society because 
so much of Christianity is based on individual responsibility, and it's based on the Christian values of teach a man to fish, don't give a man a fish. And if they can remove God from society, they can get people to devalue life, they can get people to devalue um, all aspects of traditional America and our culture and replace God with state. And so that, to me, as I look at what happened in New Orleans, I'm really disappointed the Republican Party for not grasping what's happened there and continue to tout the values of free market capitalism and individual liberty. They had an incredible opportunity and they failed it. And then you look at they failed again in 2012 when they had an opportunity to explain the value of free market capitalism and the value of individual liberty. Uh, and they failed. And if they don't do it again, Alicia, here we are going into 2016, and we've got more and more people dependent on the uh, on the government. We've got almost half of households in America somehow dependent on government assistance. And we've just 10 years after Katrina, not only did we not learn these lessons, but it's like we're doubling down on it. Alicia, am I wrong in my analysis? No, I mean, I think you're completely right. And this idea that we have rights, like where those rights come from, if you don't start talking about, you know, uh, religion or God, and and when you discuss those rights, uh, then you you have to look at the government. And so people who um, are are Marxist-type people, they're looking at the government and saying that the government has to give us everything. And that's, you know... It not only is it not sustainable economically, but it really uh, it undermines the moral fabric of the country. Right. And and as it ties into the Planned Parenthood thing, the big gotcha question that was asked in that in that uh, Fox News debate, the big gotcha question was in regards to exception um, for abortion. You want women mm-hmm. to die or um, or about rape or incest. And the reason why that's a very calculated question and the reason why it's important for them to get that into the mindset of people is it's not it's like I said last week, it's not the issue. That's the issue. It's always about the end game. That question is not about rape. It's not about incest. It's not about abortion. It's about the mindset of America to indoctrinate it into thinking you're never supposed to suffer any adverse consequences. The government and the taxpayers are supposed to make you whole somehow. It's about not accepting individual responsibility for your life and for your actions. And the the more that they can get people to, to not accept individual responsibilities, to put their faith in the state. And replace God with state. That's how they get control over the people. And I don't know if that's if that's you know if I if I went too far in connecting the dots. But to me, it's all a part of the bigger picture um, situation. And and it does come down to what you talked about, which is where do our rights come from? They don't. They want people to if they remove God from society, they can get people to think that their rights come from man. That's one reason why you they're focused on it's not about the right for gay people to marry. It's about getting people to believe that the government is where they get their rights. That's the end game. That's what they're going for. And they split everybody into these identity groups in order to get there. And the big group that was in play in Katrina was the minority, the African-Americans that the Democrats had a hold on. And Barbara, Barbara Bush actually said it right. When people got, from, got sent from the projects and dispersed around the country to Texas and other places, she said, you know what, they might be better off in the long run. Oh, my goodness. You know, she just caught so much flack for that. But you know what? She's right, because we're all better 
off in the long run, are we not, Alicia? When we have individual liberties, it may be scary to have to accept full responsibility for your life, Alicia, and to not be dependent on people. But that's where you actually can have some achievement. That's where you can better your life. That's where you can feel good about yourself and actually have something beyond the slice of government cheese or a lucky dog that's given to you in the Superdome. Right. You, you know what? I was actually thinking to myself, how sad would it be to have no adversity in life? You know, like I've, I've had a fair amount of adversity in my life, and those are, those are the situations where great growth comes from, great achievement. You know, the idea that we could all just sit around and have our packaged, you know, our packaged bread and cheese and our house handed to us uh, from the government and have no purpose in our lives. It's just, it's just really depressing to me. I, I don't see how this is even attractive to people. Right. And, and not only is it n- not attractive, but it doesn't work. You, that's why you yeah. end up having, um, all it does is spread misery, mediocrity, and spread poverty everywhere. Um, you right. know, there's no perfect system, but the system that provides the great, um, greatest amount of prosperity for the great number of people is free market capitalism and you know that's that's what's at stake here in 2016 and what we need is a candidate who can who can explain it clearly probably better than I did in the open here but explain <laughs> why it's the best system in the world we're going to take a break we come back we're going to talk about economics we're going to talk about what happened in China and that economy over there and what it means um, for everyday Americans and business owners hey thanks for tuning in this is the Andrea K show on AM 1170 the answer don't change that dial San Diego's home for intelligent conservative talk. AM 1170. The answer. Want to start living better, longer? La Vida Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen and Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen and Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657 Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. AM eleven seventy the answer and AM eleven seventy the answer dot com. the break we were talking about my hometown we were talking about nola and katrina and doug had a good point he said um he said you know if you live below sea level it might be a good idea to have flood insurance well true 
Yeah, you would think that, you know, everybody down there would have it. But, you know, it's kind of like out here. Not everybody has earthquake insurance, not to mention the fact that you can have insurance and think you're covered. There was a lot of people down in in, uh, Lakefront in Metairie area that thought that they were covered. And so the lesson for them is the same as here, like with the fires in East County, Alicia. A lot of people thought that they had full coverage and didn't realize that there was actually a cap on their insurance. So if you live in an area, well, everybody lives in in a potential fire. Situation, so everybody should make sure that they've got the right amount of coverage on their insurance. Yeah, I mean that's a good lesson for everybody, no matter where they live. But yeah, I mean when you're when you're living in New Orleans below sea level, I mean you know that the hurricanes, you know, are coming, and you know it used to, you know, a lot of people would ride them out, you know, and and don't don't ride them out, don't be a fool. But here's what's interesting though, too, Alicia, is that there was a report on Drudge, uh, you know, Al Gore and his inconvenient truth. We were supposed to be having funnel clouds and hurricanes everywhere, like twenty four seven, and we haven't had a hurricane, a, a bad one, in in probably since Katrina. I don't even remember when we had a lot, bad one. Um, so the yeah. Dow. Let's get into this China story. So the Dow, five minutes after opening, uh, the Dow dropped over a thousand points. Um, a lot of people said, "Oh, you know, don't panic. This is just typical correction." By the end of the day, it was only down five hundred eighty-eight points. Um, you know, I'm not. Even though I studied economics and finance, I certainly don't stay on top of the market. Um, I do know that. Um, Some of the people, like I saw on Fox Business, acting like, oh, this is no big deal. Hooey. I absolutely think this is a big deal. We talked uh, last week on Friday's show, Alicia, about China working with the IMF to devalue their currency and working with IMF on regulations in a setup and over a 10-year plan to replace the dollar. Uh, as the world's currency, because the IMF wants to take over as the world's bank, that's in play here. So you know, I don't. I I, I resent the financial experts. I don't want to be doomsday, but I also don't like it when they come out, Alicia, and try to tell me, you know, that it, it's not raining on me. You know, what was that? What was Judy <laughs> saying? Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining, right? right. <laughs> I mean, this was a bad day. This was Black Monday, was it not? It was. I don't think this is that surprising, really. Long. The the dollar vis-a-vis the the, uh, the Chinese yuan has always it has been um, in flux for a while. I mean, the Chinese currency was inflated. Uh, the Chinese economy was inflated. China has been making numbers up about its economy for a really long time. And this is part of a, a move, like you said, to de-stabilize uh, the dollar and stop having the world currency be backed by the dollar. It's also a move to reduce uh, the cost of goods in China vis-a-vis the dollar because that increases trade in China. So there are tr- a lot of China's uh, growth economy is based on selling goods to Americans and, and Westerns and Westerners in general, but Americans, right? Right. So they want to be cheap compared to us. And as their economy grows, they the prices go up. And as ours has been stagnant, our prices have gone down. The trade deficit was starting to even out, not not completely even out, but it was evening out more. And so this is, a, I think, an intentional move on the heart of China to uh, to be a stronger manufacturing economy compared to America. And I bet you the TPP has some stuff in there um, for China to do the same thing. Well, I do know that, um, 
we do typically have these kinds of market corrections um, every few years or so. I mean, I think that, you know, it, it, I probably still in my 401k, I'm probably still far too, better than I was two years ago on my 401k okay. um, because it, you know, even if even though it's a dip, I've still made money over time. So I do think it's probably wise advice for people to, to not like immediately sell off. Um, yeah. but, I, but I do think that we also need uh, some representation from our government. It's like, who do you trust to handle China? Who do you trust to be dealing with this? Do you trust, you know, Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden, who now is supposedly wanting to throw his hat in the ring? And then when you look at the Republican Party, it's like, who would you rather trust? You Would you rather well, trust I Trump? Who is- not trust them, but I think they've been lying to us about situations all the time. You know, just like we don't know what's in the trade deal and the TPP and uh, what benefits are going to be conferred upon China versus, you know, at, to the um, to the harm, uh, the detriment of American manufacturers. I don't really trust any of them. And, and certainly now we have uh, the American economy is still stagnant. And with the, the dip in the stock market, that Im- impacts everybody's wealth and cash. And the Fed can't do anything because we're already at a 0% interest rate. So, you well, know, they're talking a- about. Right. Well, the the feds are, have been talking for a while about whether or not they needed to, to increase the, the rates. Now they're, I guess, Yellen indicated before that maybe September. But I guess I heard today that Barclays is saying that not before March of 2016. Um, right. But, you know, supposedly the Republican Party told us uh, that the, we needed it to give Obama the TPA, which was the, you know, trade authority, because then we'd be able to see what, what exactly was in that TPP deal. And and I said all along, BS, that that TPP deal, all 3,000 pages, was in a basement. And anybody who wanted to read it could go downstairs and read it, like Cruz did and other people did. And that, you know, both parties have been complicit in wanting to become go to a one-world government and a one-world economy. And this is a part of it. And you look right. at, okay, congratulations. You know, we're now tied to China. You know, uh, I think it was you, Treasury um, – I, I'm not sure if that's his name. The Treasury Secretary had said, oh, you know, we're not tied to China's economy. Yeah. Well, then you look at what happened. You know, when you, you, you when you want to be a part of the global economy, then you're then you're part of the global economy. Then what happens exactly. with other markets is going to affect us here. Exactly. What's ha- you know, and Greece is still very unstable. And what's happening in Europe is still going to affect us here. And so, you know, I um, tend to take a view of it, it's important to have tangible assets. You know, I, I, I do invest in the stock market, but I really like having property. I like ha- owning my house because I know that what happens in Greece or in China is probably not going to impact the value of my house uh, today or tomorrow. Well, yeah, I do think it's important to diversify. You know, for a while, everybody's been saying buy gold, buy gold or buy silver. But really, I'm not really sure about that because the reality is when was the last time you went into Vons or your Ralph's grocery store and gave them a hunk of gold for some groceries? <laughs> right? Yeah, gold, uh, gold actually has been dipping lately, too. I, I'm not invested in gold. You know, I think, yeah, yeah uh, I mean, come on now. You know, it's like Glenn Beck <laughs> supposedly had, I don't know how many, you know, 100 pounds of gold, you know, in his backyard somewhere up on Long Island or whatever. You know, I say, 
that when things really crash, really what you're going to have and how you're going to be able to stay alive is when you're going to be able to barter services. Okay, those people who can go, I joke with Chris Hahn about it, you know, him being Mr. New Yorker up there. It's like I want to hitch, I want to hitch my life at that point to somebody who knows how to who knows how to shoot, who who's like a hunter gatherer. Right. Okay, and who can, who can go out like those people. You know, it's like it's going to be like an episode of Survivor. Okay, or a season of Survivor. The ones that are, can go out with their little hand carved stick and catch the fish and bring it back, and, and those are the people that are going to make it. Okay, so I got to think about getting my skills up. Todd, me, you, and Alicia, we got to think about what we can offer. Okay, down the line. You know, I actually I got a second grade handy, but I'm not sure how good I would be at hunting. <laughs> you know, you know what? I actually was pretty good with a with a rod and reel back in the day, back when I was down in Louisiana. So I might have to do that and and think about what else I could do. Maybe maybe I could do hair for people. I don't know. I don't know if that'll be worth it. I don't know if that'll be worth anything on the market. I, Our, I don't know that we're, we we need to be wor- too worried about this yet. I mean, yeah, I think that mon- people are going to lose money, and we're we continue to struggle in this economy. I mean, there's a, it's a lie that we've recovered. We haven't recovered. Um, no. But I don't think I don't think the American economy is like you know tomorrow going it, to. It's not going to turn into. A, you know, some post-apocalyptic movie. <laughs> well, but you know what? Yeah, I hope not. But there are people that are actually there. There is a um, a gentleman in uh, the UK, former UK Prime Minister Gordon Brown, actually is urging people to stock Sorry. up on bottled water and canned goods. Goods. I mean, there are people. There are people within the stock market, Alicia, that are predicting a complete crash of Great Depression um, level wow. uh, by the end of the year. So I wow. think it's always good just to be cautious, just to, you know, um, don't go crazy, spending all your money, you know, kind of live conservatively. But I think that's always good advice. Hey, we're going to take a break. We come back. We've got other stories to talk about. We've got every day it's something coming out with Hillary. Uh, we've got more going on with this uh, Iran nuke deal. So we've got lots to talk about here on the Monday night edition of the Andrea K Show. is AM 1170. The answer. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego-style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. Do you struggle with the day-to-day management of your business? Proteus takes the pain out of the business process management by providing you a complete system for efficiency, automation, continuity. Proteus is business solution that wraps itself around your business and grows with you. Gone are the days of multiple programs and systems for sales, inventory, customer management, and financial reporting. Proteus serves your business every day, all day, and revolutionizes the way you do business. Visit us today to see how Proteus can assist you online at www.proteuserp.com or call today 877-749-3533. Fresh Healthy Vending, the nation's largest healthy vending company, is looking for locations in this area to place its latest innovation. A fresh, healthy micromarket at absolutely no cost to your business. A fresh, healthy micromarket is like a mini health food store for your office break room. Choose from breakfast meals, fresh salads, wraps, hot meals, smoothies, cold-pressed juices, and more, all at a convenient self-checkout kiosk. Now you can offer your employees exactly what they want. 
all-natural, healthy, fresh, and organic foods. Fuel productivity and creativity, decrease absenteeism, and increase morale. Fresh Healthy Vending is offering the first 20 offices that sign up $250 cash and 15% of the net profits each micromarket generates each month. For free information about this exciting and healthy opportunity, visit freshandhealthy.org to request your free machine. Intelligent. Conservative. AM 1170. The Answer. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. I was so busy on Facebook here, I didn't even realize I, I missed my cue there, Todd. Um, just having some some laughs here on Facebook, talking about you know what, what you know what, Alicia. I'm thinking my biscuit making abilities might have some currency, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, you know, and I think more than biscuits. It looks like you cook a lot of really good things. I do. Calories if we're all starving, you know. Uh huh. Oh, speaking of good food, I got to tell you what I ate in Vegas this weekend. I was over there. My friend's son made Eagle Scout, which is an amazing achievement. Congratulations, Woodrow. I mean, I had no idea. I, my brother wasn't in Scouts, Alicia. I didn't really know what was involved in Boy Scouts, but to make it to Eagle Scout, what these kids have to go through—it's like the military practically, with their survival skills and this skills and all the camping and just you know everything that they have to learn so amazing so i went over there for that i had are you ready for this todd i had bone a bone in ribeye this Mm. this is this is kind of the kind of hog down i like to participate in i had a bone in ribeye with a side of fried lobster and mac and cheese oh my goodness I, in fact, I'm going to see if I can recreate the fried lobster mac and cheese using some crawfish this week in honor of it being the 10th anniversary of Katrina. So I stayed at the Nugget this weekend, just had an amazing weekend and just a great time uh, down there. So anyway, but I'm back, back to see, you know, it was nice to kind of turning the phone off and kind of getting away from it all thinking, you know, I might come back to, to seeing that things might be a little bit different going on over here with Hillary. But, you know, maybe she's come clean. Maybe she's admitted <laughs> something. Then, you know, how, how many how many drugs were you on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how many Cosmos had I had to drink? Right. Um, well, if I, if that had been me, I would have had excuses. I was on morphine over the weekend, but you know, even I did not have any delusions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really am just a, a cockeyed optimist. But you know, I came back to here and just yet more coming out from Hillary. You know, Friday the way we left it was um, her uh, Huma and Cheryl Mills's uh, personal devices had been destroyed, right? Uh-huh, wink, wink, uh, just because new <laughs> versions came out. Uh, the State Department actually said that they never gave Hillary any personal uh, devices, which means that all of her, you remember how she had said that uh, she needed the personal server because she didn't want to ha- carry multiple personal devices. She only wanted to use one BlackBerry, but now the government's saying, hey, we never gave her that BlackBerry. Well, who did? Where'd she get it? You know, Best Buy? <laughs> Right? There's probably a bribe from some foreign state. Right. Exactly. Maybe maybe in the reset with Putin. Putin maybe gave her one. You know, bedazzled. He gave her like a bedazzled Blackberry. So now we find out that, did you know, Alicia, that uh, the State Department uh, was under legal obligation, they were legally required to provide information to the Department of Homeland Security during her tenure. It is mandated to submit a list of systems, vulnerabilities, and configurations to the DHS every 30 days. The, wow. department, the department is then is supposed to perform a cyberscope audit to ensure security, and uh, the, the, this responsibility goes back to 2010. Of course, we know that she was uh, uh, Secretary of State for 09 through 13. And so 
the operative words here being legally required information. This is one more piece of evidence here, Alicia, that there should be a vigorous criminal investigation going on here. Um, this was this program was established. It was called the, Conti- the Continuous Diagnostics and Mitigation Program over growing concerns of government systems could be vulnerable to cyber attack. Hello. And what just happened? We know that China, it was called Cyber Pearl Harbor. They went they broke into these systems and went all the way back 20 something years to everybody who ever had a clearance. We know that China was behind it. So this was right. this was a, a blatant violation of the law, um, and on top of it, we now know that the DHS never audited Clinton's server. We also know that that server we already found out last week that that server was not cleared by the Pentagon's uh, Defense Security Service, which is the only federal agency with the authority to review and approve private contractors. They had approved over thirteen thousand companies to receive clearance, Alicia, and Platte River was not one of them. Gee, what a coincidence that, that uh, how far did Hillary, I want to know who did this search on that. I want to know who searched far and wide, intentionally trying to find some outhouse that they could find a server to keep her. And that's, that's the extent of the effort they went through to hide what she was doing. And then we yeah. know that after a subpoena, she got rid of, she destroyed, in a violation of the law and the Espionage Act, 30,000 emails. Why in the world is she still walking around, Alicia? Every day we find out more. Yeah, you know, you really got to wonder what she was hiding. I mean, I know that there's a lot of talk about Benghazi, but she wasn't just handling Benghazi. She was, you know, we've got her foundation where we know that she was probably taking money illegally. I mean, maybe she was taking bribes. I mean, I made that joke earlier about taking bribes from uh, from leaders of other nations. But, you know, she, she was Secretary of State. What is there to hide? Um, besides, because I don't think Benghazi is enough to really explain this behavior. Well, I think that it, I think that they think it's enough because they know that that she and I spent a lot of time. I had the guys on who wrote a detailed book about Benghazi. There was an illegal gun running operation to Al Qaeda that involved Ambassador Stevens. He was not in an embassy. He was at a compound. He was delivered there into the, the dark of night for this illegal gun running operation. We also know that the that she and it goes all the way up to her office knew about attacks leading up to nine uh, eleven. They ignored it. They intentionally declined a repeated request for increase in security. We also know that the people that they assigned to to provide security were locals that were involved in the terrorist attack. We also know that they declined to provide any help to them and literally left them as sitting ducks. And then then what they did was they turned right around and launched a really hideous cover-up and lied not just to the American people, but looked in the eyes of those families and lied to them. And Hillary Clinton said specifically, while the dead people laid in the coffins, we're going to get that guy who made the video. So they know that that could bring them down. Then you add on top of it Huma Abedin and her ties to the Muslim Brotherhood and everything that was going on over there. We also know that while she had Huma Abedin working for her, Huma was working for the foundation and a private company. We also know that the foundation suddenly gets, while she's Secretary of State, there was this uranium deal. We know Bill Clinton was getting enormous. His fees, his speaking fees tripled. So there is much to bring her down as well as a lot of other people. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean, because Benghazi, you know, I think the president was aware of what was going on with Benghazi. And I certainly I, I certainly think 
that uh, that there was an illegal gun running scheme and that these people's lives were sacrificed in a in a horrible way. But she, you know, Hillary's out for Hillary. And so I, I, you know, I think that there's got to be more. That there's got to be some, some personal interest of what she was doing. And the reason that server has been wiped is not just because of what she was, what she had on her state department email and the obstruction of justice going on there, but because there was other things on that email server that she doesn't want to see the light of day. Oh, absolutely. I think there, I think there was more than enough uh, going on there to uh, to put her behind bars for a long time as well as other people and i think that the fact that it was set up in advance in order to cover it the corruption runs deep and it runs really far back and it's really disturbing to me how far we've sank as a nation to where nixon gets brought down for what two minutes of tape and this woman is still walking around and we don't even have the fbi is, is not even declaring that it's a criminal investigation at this point the rest of us, Alicia, we'll look at what they did to General Petraeus. Far, in fact, the woman that, that saw uh, his documents that were in a drawer had a top security clearance. Yeah, I know. But, uh, but Petraeus was an example of somebody who criticized uh, Obama and then and got burned for it. <laughs> so, I mean, that, I think that was politically motivated. Well, yeah, I had forgotten about that. Um, speaking of political motivations, I want to talk a little bit about the GOP. Um we, I mentioned last week, I don't remember if it was on Thursday's or Friday's show, where we talked about some of the shenanigans that were involved with that Cromnibus bill, how the Republicans had done all these shenanigans to change the primary situation and PACs and all that, specifically to try to shove, shove jib uh, down our throats. Um, that, mm-hmm. There's even more of that going on now. Now we find out today that Virginia and North Carolina are in discussions about implementing a new, brand new requirement they never had before in their primaries until Trump came along. A brand new requirement for primaries that candidates must pledge no third-party run in order to get on the ballot for those primaries. You know what? I, I, have, no, I have not thrown my weight behind Trump. I love the fact that he has bringing some issues to the fore that are absolutely critical that we talk about. Primar- I mean, how long have I been harping about borders being the biggest issue that we face, the physical borders, the economic borders, and the cyber borders and all of that? Um, there's still some things about him that I, I, I haven't decided who I'm going to back at this point. But for the Republican Party to try to shove and, and all the machinations and the manipulations in order to shove a candidate down our throat, we ought to be allowed to have 50 people on the primary ballot, Alicia. Allow the voters to choose. This is no better than what they're doing on the left. This is no better than than's happening in some banana republic somewhere. Yes. I mean, this is astounding to me. The Republican Party, this makes me want to just pull the plug and say, I'll never vote for you again, Republican Party. Why? You know, this is a part of them trying to tell us what it's like. They're taking us for granted, taking the conservatives for granted in the same way the Democrat Party takes the black vote for granted. You know, thinking that they just are going to, you know, shove whoever they want on us, take for granted that we're going to hold our nose and vote for whoever they want or take for granted that even if the conservatives sit at home, like with Romney, that the that um, the Democrats will get in. It's like we said last week, they would rather lose to a Democrat than lose to a conservative. And I've been trying to get people like Russ Davis on Facebook and all these other people that tell us that, you know, tell me that, oh, we got to have a moderate to win and anybody but Hillary. And I'm saying, no, we got to send a message to the Republican Party that says, do not take our vote for granted. You try to shove Jeb on us through 
all your machinations through money, through this and that, instead of allowing us to vote and nominate who we want and who our guy is, then you're not going to get it. You're not going to get a dime out of me and you're not going to get my vote. Right. Why can't the Republican Party do better than just just slightly better than Hillary? I mean, that 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 bar is way too low. Uh, Yeah. Can't they say can't they say? to the party members that they can get, provide you with an excellent candidate who can, well, to, to sound like Trump, you know, make America great again. Right. Well, why is it if, if they think their guy is so great, why do they need to be fearful of somebody who won't commit to not a third party run? Why why can't right. they compete? You know, we're supposed to be the party of competition. Why if, if they think Jeb's the right guy for us, why do they have to keep Trump out? Or or whoever whoever's uh North Carolina or Virginia thinks is their guy. Why can't you why can't he win? If he's the right guy for us, then he ought to be able to win by convincing us he's the right guy, not by keeping Trump out. You know, the Republican Party needs to start petitioning for our vote. They need to give us a reason to vote for them just as much as they're supposed to be trying to get the independents or the Democrats to vote for them. And I'm not for a third party run, by the way, because I think all it's going to do at this point is split the vote. Because you and I both know, Alicia, that the parties have gotten together and they've structured the rules such that it makes it almost impossible for a, a third party to get any, any any traction. So what we need to do out here in the ranks is we need to send them a message. Don't think you're going to play games with us and shove your guy down our throat. We don't want him. And if you care at all about winning, you're going to stop trying to do this to us because we're not playing along with your game. Right. Now, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to pick this up on the other side because, speaking of Jeb, you know, I'm starting to think, you know, for a long time people said, oh, Jeb's the smart one. It's starting to look like W is the smart one in the Bush family, actually. We're going to talk about him and, and some more of the GOP race when we come back. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Saying, I don't know, is no longer acceptable. This is AM 1170, The Answer. Want to start living better, longer? LaVita Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen and Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen and Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657 AM 1170, The Answer. Everywhere you go on iHeartRadio. Oh, welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. I keep forgetting my cues. Todd's playing some good bumper music tonight. Hey, glad to have you guys here with me. I'm having a great time on my new time slide here from 8 to 10 p.m. Pacific time. Before the break, I was getting all fired up talking about the GOP, how they're trying to shove that jeb on us. And you know what? It's it's bad enough having a party when it's primary time and you're supposedly 
having the right to evaluate candidates and everybody, all the candidates are supposed to have an opportunity to be heard and make their case. It's bad enough. You got the Republican Party trying to tell us who we should vote for. But then when it's when it's somebody like Jeb, Alicia, did you hear his comments on anchor babies? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I thought, you know, he got kind of tasty. He was like, well, what else am I supposed to call it? Right. Well, okay. Now, I, well, he's talked about Anchor Babies twice, so I'm not sure if you heard the correction. Now, first of all, he said that Anchor Babies was an offensive term. Okay. Right. Right. So then he was questioned about it. He's like, well, no, no, no. You know, actually, um, you know, I was actually referring to Asian people. They're the real problem, okay? Because, see, they're, like, coordinating. Yeah, they're, like, coordinating it, and they're coming here to take advantage of what is really a, how did he call it, really a noble um, effort or a noble uh, cause. And then he goes on to defend the 14th Amendment. And it's like, okay, A, we are, you already, as well as Mark Levin and others, completely blew apart the whole 14th Amendment thing. It was never meant to have anything to do with illegals. It had to do with slaves, and then it was reaffirmed later. It also had to do with um, American Indians, although there was some fool on MSNBC saying that, that the Civil War was fought so that illegals could come here and have babies. I don't know if you heard that guy. Yeah, and he's he's actually a professor at Columbia. His name is Jamal, somebody rather. I mean, it's like, and this, you know, it's funny, Alicia, but the thing is, is there are people listening that probably believe it. Yeah. Right. I think think the the war uh, for Texas independence has more to do with the border of Mexico than the Civil War ever did. Right. Um, So that's Jeb. He's, you know, that's who the Republican Party wants to shove on us. A guy who, you know, I mean, could he be any more liberal? I mean, that's so liberal to say, oh, no, I wasn't talking about the the Hispanics anchor babies. I'm, I'm talking about the Asian people. I mean, they're so fixated. Liberals are so fixated on race that they're really the inner racist. I mean, he couldn't have made a, a bigger jerk of himself, but he really revealed his inner liberal because that's how they think. Liberals are all about picking and choosing winners and losers because it's all, you know, that's what government control is all about, thinking that they have the right to decide who the good people are and who the, who the bad people are. And for some reason, for liberals, Asians are the bad guys. We saw that play out in Baltimore. It was revealed that the businesses that were burned down and looted were targeted, many of them, because they were owned by Asians. And Asians who came here legally and made the sacrifice and set up shop and were successful. And there's a lot of resentment going on there against them. And I think that that's, I think, I think Bush Jeb's little inner liberal kind of slipped out there in regards to that. So then he makes matters worse, right, Alicia? Because then he goes on. Did you hear him on Telemundo? No, I didn't. Yeah. Well, I don't speak Spanish, so, you know, I had to, I had to read the translated version of it. So he goes on there, you know, you know, pandering, speaking all Espanol, uh, does the entire interview in Spanish, which is great, actually. I wish I spoke Spanish. Um, but sometimes when people do that, I mean, it's so uh, it's so obsequious and so pandering that it's, like, nauseating to me. And then it really got nauseating when he started talking about how Trump had hurt his feelings, Alicia. <laughs> yes, he said Trump well, hurt his feelings. He's not, he's not fast enough to be president. <laughs> uh, exactly. You know, he was. He said that Trump hurt his feelings with that kind of vulgar talk, and there just really wasn't a place for that. And, you know, he was just, he's just been immersed in the immigrant experience, was his quote. And, you know, that he just didn't appreciate that. And then he goes on to say, after he shows how weak, tip, again, typical liberal, 
uh, goes on to talk about how when he's president, that he promised, and he said this in Spanish, he promised to um, pass Obama's, specifically said Obama's comprehensive immigration reform, which is amnesty. So there is no daylight between him and the Democrat Party. Am I wrong there, Alicia? Well, I mean, it certainly sounds like uh, he has a, a very a, a view on immigration that is similar to the rest of the Democratic Party. You know, for I, me, I, I, the jury is still out a little bit on, on Jeb Bush. You know, I, I think that he's a well-orchestrated candidate by the powers of being the Republican Party. But, uh, you know, the, the, that's, those are the neocons that I don't really agree with because they are big government people. And, uh, you know, they're picking winners and losers just like the Democrats. So, you know, in that regard, I think that there is not a lot of daylight between the two parts. Right. Um, I can't really think of too many issues where I think there's daylight. In fact, uh, uh, you know, he was the guy who gave, even before I knew anything about him, and I had, I don't know how many books about him. Some some guy came on my show and he, oh, Jeb Bush, something about the hurricane or something. And I got multiple copies sent to me in the mail. I finally had to contact the publisher and say, stop, okay? I ain't voting for Jeb. But anyway, um, you know, he was the guy. He lost me even before I learned anything about him. He lost me when after Benghazi happened. We knew enough at that point to where we knew anybody, anybody with the sense God gave a billy goat knew that there was a cover up and there was lies going on there. He gave Hillary Clinton the Freedom Award, which was to celebrate her contributions to American freedom. It was almost like a military award that he gave to her after Benghazi. I said to him then, I will fight. I will do everything I can to keep Jeb Bush out of office, because that to me was absolutely egregious. Even if you didn't think that she had done as much as I believe she did involved in that, she to, to give her any kind of award. There, yeah. And, and there's no, what accomplishments has she had, even if she hadn't, even if she wasn't responsible for the deaths of four Americans, nobody can come up with an accomplishment for her. Right. The but he gives her the Freedom Award. Yeah, I, I think the, the Clinton and Bush family are too close. You know, I mean, that just goes to show you that we're not just the, the whole party dichotomy is an illusion. You know, it's still really about who are the ruling classes. And that's not what America should be about. No, in fact, I'm starting. I'm really wondering why. I, you know, I love what Trump's doing, but he is sucking a lot of the oxygen out of the room. And I'm and I'm really hoping that while he's you know still doing his doing a good job of keeping the issues that are important to the American people um, at the forefront. I'm still hoping that we get some more of, we've got a great field. Peggy just mentioned on Facebook, we have a great field of candidates from Walker and Cruz to Carson and Fiorina, real conservatives that have some interesting things to say. And we really need them to get more airtime and get more of a voice. CNN is now saying Carly Fiorina is like fourth in the polls out of 16 people. CNN is saying they may want to keep her off the stage at the next debate. It's because they're scared of her. It's because both parties and their media want to shove certain people down our throats. I'm liking what Walker had to say about China after what happened today. He said that rather than honoring the Chinese president with an official state visit next month, Obama should focus on holding China accountable over its increasing attempts to undermine U.S. interest. He talks about the cyber attacks against the U.S. He talks about the militarization of the South China Sea, uh, the, the China state interference with their own economy, the persistent persecution of Christians and human rights activists. You know, that's what we need. 
We, and, and, you know, Trump talks about China economically, but he doesn't even talk about any of these other things. We've got some great people in the Republican Party, and they're not getting enough play. And, you know, what yeah, I, but I don't, The thing, you know, is that I don't think that's Trump's fault. I don't think that they'd be getting play regardless. What's cool about Trump is that he's actually diverting away from the inevitable machine so that we are having more of these conversations. And so that's what I like about him. I, I enjoy that underdog status because... Otherwise, we'd be having a very boring primary where, you know, Jeb Bush would be the front runner and, and it would it would be just crammed down all the Republicans' throats. And there still wouldn't be any conversation about about immigration, about China, uh, and you still wouldn't see any airtime to Fiorina or to um, Ben Carson. That's right. Well, speaking of more airtime, we got a whole other hour of the Andrea K Show coming up. So you're going to want to stay here because we've got to talk about the nuke deal. We've got lots of things to talk about here. So don't change that dial, folks. It's the Andrea K. Show right here on AM 1170, The Answer. The Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer is sponsored by Andrea K. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 